You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. where you might be able to hear me a little bit better all right well we're going to be in Colossians we're going to be in Colossians 3 uh, pretty quickly here tonight but you know I I was one of of the cool things I look around of course on on a regular basis uh, it stands out to me especially on Wednesday night is the amount of teenagers that we have uh, that come to church especially uh, they come on Sundays too but Wednesday it stands out because uh, I don't know they're just there and uh, it's so cool that uh, so many teenagers I know come to church because their parents come to church or make them come to church, uh, but we have so many that come uh, with or without their parents, most of them I think without. Uh, it's just cool seeing teenagers. I'm so proud of y'all, y'all, your heart for the Lord, your desire to be uh, in the house of the Lord and study the Word of God, and it's just such a blessing uh, for, y- to, for y'all to be here. And so tonight, I am preaching a message directed toward the teens, and I'm going to preach tonight on the key to being a triumphant teenager. It starts with not leaving your candy in the floor on Wednesday nights at church. I'm just kidding. Uh, but, uh, But there's some truth to that, but that's another message. But if you are not a teenager tonight, that does not mean that this message uh, you will not be able to get something out of this message. The key to being a triumphant team, uh, man, I am. I, I'm super excited about the opportunity for every one of our teenagers tonight. Uh, myself, uh, the Lord saved me when I was 16 years old. I've shared my testimony before, but I was 16 years old when the Lord saved me, not being raised in a Christian home, no kind of church background at all. Uh, heard the gospel when I was 16, got saved by the grace of God. Uh, man, got plugged into the church. I got out of church for a little bit. I got a job. That's really kind of the first thing that happened. I kind of tease about that when I, when I talk to teenagers. I, I speak a little facetiously when I say uh, that I got a job at the country club. And so how much more important that was, you know, than church. Uh, you know, because uh, the, the rich folks playing golf on Sundays needed their dishes clean, okay? It was really important. Uh, and, I, and I tease about that because I, I, I wished I hadn't let that, uh, you know, and, and I may have said like, so, well, I have to work on Sunday. Well, that's not a true statement necessarily, especially when you're a teenager. Uh, we've had a number of teenagers that says, man, I'll work through the week. I'll work all you need me to work, uh, but just let me get Sunday off so I can go to church. And, uh, and I'm telling you, the Lord works that out. But the Lord saved me when I was 16, uh, got plugged into a church. I got plugged into a church that really, ultimately, didn't really even have many young people in it. Uh, I've talked before about the people I was connected with in the church. I had a lot in common with them, but they were older people that loved the Lord. Uh, older and middle-aged people that loved the Lord, knew the, knew the Lord, knew the Word of God. By the time I was 19, uh, I surrendered to preach the gospel, uh, preach my very first message, and... You know, I guess just saying that the path I'm on now started when I was a teenager. And so I didn't get everything right, but I can say by the grace of God, I had some pretty major triumphs as a teenager. So 
tonight we're going to be looking at Colossians 3 verse 20 is where we're going it's going to be kind of our uh, jumping off point I suppose you could say because we're going verse by verse through Colossians so the Bible says children how many of you teenagers excited about that title children bear with me children obey your parents in all things for this is well pleasing unto the Lord I had the teens' attention a minute ago. I may have lost some of them right there as soon as I read the verse, okay? Uh, Children, obey your parents and the Lord in all things. Now, uh, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Now, the, the word child, I, and I looked this up, by the way, because I wanted to make sure that I was, uh, was going to preach this accurately. Uh, and so I looked up the word children there, or child, children obey your parents and the Lord, and there's a number of words used for child in the Bible, a number of, uh, you know, whether it be a Greek or a Hebrew word that is used, uh, that, go, that applies to a different time of life. This word is technon, T-E-K-N-O-N, technon uh, is the Greek word. That's the word for child, and... Technon is a teenager, and above actually, it goes from about 12 until approximately 25 to 30 years old from what I researched. Technon. So that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Children obey your parents and the Lord. So I don't know if you would rather be called a technon or not, uh, but that, that, that's the word here, technon. The content of that we've been preaching on for the last several weeks in the book of Colossians is the home. We preached about wives, we preached about husbands, we're going to preach about husbands and wives next week because we're going to be talking about parents, uh, so we'll talk about the parent side of things, teenagers, so you might want to be here for that one, but uh, as we address them and some of these things, so uh, that's the context, and so that's why the context of it, children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right, um, or it's well pleasing to the Lord, Ephesians says, for this is right. I'm going to broaden the scope, though, just kind of like we did when we preached to wives. We broadened the scope. And I want to broaden the scope out a little bit, broaden the, get, get a wider view of this tonight as we think about the key to being a triumphant teen. It's not just this verse. Obey your parents and you'll be a triumphal teen, although that's extremely important, or God wouldn't have said it. It's not just that. It, here's, the, here's the key. For this is well pleasing to the Lord well pleasing to the Lord Ephesians 6 verse 1 says children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right so I'm broadening the scope out a moment to say I hope that today that you have a desire to please the Lord because that's the scope here children obey your parents children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right children obey your parents in all things for this is well pleasing unto the Lord now the key to being a, a triumphant team. There's something pre preliminary here. In order to care about pleasing the Lord, because that's basically what the Lord's appealing to here. Teenagers, do you want to please the Lord? And again, this application can go to us as adults as well. Do you want to please the Lord? I'm talking to y'all teenagers, so y'all can help me here, all right? I hope you want to please the Lord. But here's one thing that's for sure, a preliminary thought. Before you can want to please the Lord, Normally, you need to be saved first. So that's kind of a pre preliminary thought, if you will, something preliminary. You need something real on the inside. You need, you need to know the Lord is your Savior. So 
I guess I could emphasize that key for a moment. The very first part of the key, if you will, is knowing Christ as your Savior. Not just being a religious person, not just doing your best, not just believing in God, but knowing that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, knowing that you have turned from your sins and turned to Christ. Do you know that tonight? Uh, I'm preaching to y'all. Y'all can help me. Blake, you can help me if nothing else. Thank you. Uh, I'm a, he, he's a preacher, so I can call him out and say, help me out here, man. Come on. Uh, when you're in this situation, you're going to want me uh, supporting you, all right? Uh, so you might have to help or lead in this, okay? But, but the point is, yeah, you, you, need, you need to be saved by the grace of God. So that's something preliminary. If, you're, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you need to know the Lord, amen? Uh, you need to know, know that you've got a personal relationship with Him. Then you may be concerned with pleasing the Lord and doing that which is right because, again, that's the motivation here. Your parents in all things, this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Uh, and, and then do, do what's right. Well, again, that ought to appeal to knowing what God. And so there's something preliminary, that salvation. Number two, there's perspective. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1, the Bible says, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. Gunner, Hawker, I know you aren't quite in the teens yet, but God says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Has anybody ever thought that church is for old folks? Anybody? I've thought that before. Uh, and even if you just go to church, you can still think, even if it's not just for straight up old folks, at the very least, it's for adults. And church is just something maybe you get dragged along to. Maybe it's a church that has some cool things for the youth to do. But you don't realize and it's not emphasized enough the importance of, as, as a teenager, you're not just supposed to be some kid in church. This is your opportunity. There's an opportunity to serve here. Uh, teenagers, and even honestly, going back all the way down to uh, Gunner, Hawker, whatever the age may be, you aren't the church of tomorrow. You're the church of right now. Uh, but you know, that, that, that gets lost a little bit. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. So everybody that's here tonight, I can say this. You are God's by creation. God created you. So we all belong to God in the sense of creation. But if you're saved by the grace of God, you also belong to Christ through Calvary. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost of God, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? So the preliminary thing is, if you're going to be an effective and a triumphant teenager or triumphant in life, find anything worth having in this life, let me tell you something, you're going to need to know Christ as your Savior. And then once you know Christ as your Savior, you're going to need to have, keep the proper perspective. Because you may be saved by the grace of God, but maybe you're not really thinking about the Creator. That you are created with a purpose, and therefore you have someone who is greater than you, that has your best interest at heart, that has some things to tell you about how you ought to live your life. You've got somebody who loves you. The Lord Jesus Christ gave his life on Calvary to save you. Therefore, that ought to motivate you to say, you know, it, it ought to get everyone's attention tonight, and it ought to get every young person's attention when I say, if, if I were to ask the question, hey, 
Do you want to know how to please your Lord? Do you want to know how to please the one who loves you so much? Who has done so much for you? Do you want to know how to please this God, this creator, this savior? Man, there ought to be something inside of you that perks up and says, you know what, I want to please the Lord. He's been so good to me, I want to please the Lord. So there's the perspective. Uh, So the key, I'll just say, and I'll just give it to you right now, the key to being a triumphant teen is obedience to God out of a just out of a heart of love just that you you've got your perspective right this isn't about keeping a set of rules even though there's guidelines for you know for for godly people god's got a way for us to walk but it's not about just checking the boxes and keeping the rules and keeping up some religious uh facade it's not about that it's about a growing relationship with christ it's about an appreciation for what god's done for you it's about an acknowledgement of the God who placed you on this planet. He's given you the gifts that he's given you. He's, uh, and, and let me add this, with him being the creator, you're not here by accident tonight. You're not on this earth by accident. You're not in this church by accident. You are here for a purpose. You're here for a reason. So if you're not saved, it's to be saved. If you are saved, hey, get the right perspective. Understand that, wow, God's my creator. Wow, Jesus loves me so much. Amen? Are you glad Jesus cares about you? Are you glad Jesus loves you? I sure am. And so the Bible says all the way back in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter number 6, verse 5, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Some people just love the Lord with their lips. Though they say they do. First John talks about that a lot. But the Bible says, man, we're to love the Lord with all of our heart, he says. Deuteronomy 6, 5. Love the Lord with all thine heart, all thy soul, all thy might. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If we're not careful sometimes, we can let things come in the way, and I've done it. We can allow things to come in the way of our love for the Lord. We let sin, and as, as teenagers, we can let sin, I said that as if I were a teenager, but we can let sin and worldliness into our lives, and that can begin to affect our love for the Lord. It doesn't affect our love for us. I don't care where you are today. The Lord's love for you is never changing. It's never greater uh, than it has, it's never been any greater God's love for you than it is right at this very moment no matter where you are, but what you can let things come into your life that affect your love for Him. But He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, I'm going to narrow the spotlight once again. So I said the key to being a triumphant teen is obedience to God out of a loving heart. And really, Again, I'm addressing the teens. I'm really directed toward the teens. But obviously, I hope that you can apply that to yourself as well. It's obeying God out of a heart full of love for Him. But now narrowing it back down to the context of Colossians, parental rule is the very first circle of authority in God's moral government of this world. It is in the home that children are first confronted with the fact of authority and learn their first lessons in obedience. Um, there's a lot that I could say there to parents, but I'll be talking to parents about, you know, what the Bible says about child rearing to a certain extent, whatever we can do in one message next week. 
But nevertheless, God's moral, his, his authority, the first circle of authority is in the home, under parents. These verses that we just read summarize the duty of a teen, the duty of a young person, both manward and Godward. Your role is to learn to obey authority. And your parents are to be the first voice of authority. Now, teens get a, I don't know if we, I don't know if you always get a bad rap, but teens famously have issues with authority, right? That's kind of the, the cliche thing. There's just something with authority. Don't tell me what to do. But can I let you in on a secret, teens? It's not just teens that have that problem. The, a lot of adults don't want somebody telling them what to do either. It's not just teens, uh, but that's a stereotypical teenage thing. So I want to look at, as we think about the, the key to being a triumphant teenager, I want to acknowledge a challenge that you have tonight as a teenager. Um, now, teenagers, young people, let me ask you a question. Do you ever think that your parents just don't get it? <laughs> Thank you. I got a response there. Uh, I couldn't get you to admit that you love Jesus, but I could get you to admit that your parents were wrong. Um, uh, but, but absolutely. Thank you. Uh, I'll take it. Uh, that's right, though. Your parents just don't get it. Uh, now, don't get too amen on this one, but maybe your parents aren't so smart. Uh, you know better than them. Uh, now, teenagers, if you have your Bible tonight, and most of you probably have it on your phone, but you don't, turn, I want you to go over to Luke 2. I want you to find it on your phone. We're going to put it up on the screen as well, but I just want you to see this for yourself. Go to Luke chapter number 2. Luke chapter number 2. We just preached a lot out of Luke chapter number 2 because uh, we preached about the Christmas story. But this goes from baby Jesus to technon Jesus. Technon Jesus, uh, the G Jesus when he was 12 years old. And so go, go over there with me if you would, please. All right, so we have this story. Uh, I want to turn there myself because I've got some of it down, but uh, I want to I get you to the context of this story. Well, I'll just give you this, this, the context, then I'll get you up to verse 48 in a minute. Okay, long story short, they had made a, the, the parents had made this. This is going back in the chapter. Mary and Joseph had made a pilgrimage, and they would often travel. I mean, 40, 50, 60 people at a time, they would travel with their families to come to Jerusalem to worship yearly. That's what they did. They left, but when they left, they forgot to, get the, they forgot to bring Jesus with them. You ever forget something, Eric? Uh, listen, I mean, you talk about forgetting Jesus, but I want to tell you, I'm not going to preach about leave, leaving church without Jesus, all right? Because they left church without Jesus that day. There's a lot of people that do that, but that's what they did. For three days, they couldn't find him. Can you imagine losing Jesus for three days? Uh, and uh, man, that'd be a bad, bad feeling, all right? Um, but now, now fast forward with me to verse number 48. They found him. And in verse 48, the Bible says, And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt with uh, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. All right? So we see Mary and Joseph there. Uh, we, we sought thee sorrowing. But now notice Jesus. And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? 
Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? So here's Jesus as a 12-year-old, and his parents are like, Jesus, where have you been? Do you not know we've been looking for you? And Jesus like, yeah, I know you've been looking for me, but I was doing something else. I was here doing what my heavenly father wanted me to do. All right, so it's an interesting story, but there it is, uh, Jesus as a child. All right, so parents don't always get it because look at this. Look at verse, look at verse 49. Is it verse 49 where the Bible says this? And they understood not. They understood not. Is that verse 49? Okay, I've got it all piled up together on my notes. And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. How about that? Jesus' parents didn't understand. Jesus' parents didn't get it. Now, let's just think about this for a moment, all right? You're smarter than your parents. How much more smarter, just in case you was wondering if my kids were smarter than me, how much much more smarter, I know I'm saying that wrong, uh, do you think Jesus was than his parents? A lot. Uh, And that's an understatement, isn't it? Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Creator. Jesus literally knows every cell, everything that makes up his parents. He's a lot smarter than old mom and dad. And the Bible says they understood not. Now, teenagers, I want to acknowledge something to you right now. There's a lot of us parents that fit into that category. We don't always understand. We don't. And Jesus' parents did not understand. Now, but there's a cool thing here because there's a couple lessons we learn from this. Number one, we learn that parents don't always get it. Now, there's a cool thing that happens when we become teenagers. There's something cool that happens. Our Creator made us so that we begin to feel alive to our independence. God made us to where we begin to come alive with our confidence and our direction. Because when you're a teenager, you really are becoming an adult. You really are in preparation. I mean, parents, they, they can't just stay six years old and then on the moment they get their diploma or their college degree, then bam, they're supposed to be adults. God has made it to where you are growing in this. You're becoming alive to this sense of of who you are. See, God wants you you ultimately to have the authority. But But we must first learn, and you as a teenager must first learn, how to have the proper relationship with authority yourself. So that's kind of the struggle, isn't it? Because as a teenager, you're like, okay, mom and dad don't get it. They don't understand. Uh, They're trying to tell me what to do. They're trying to tell me what not to do. And by the way, parents, this will be next week. But if we don't teach our kids as best as we can to at least obey us, they're going to have trouble the rest of their lives. And even more so, they're going to have trouble when it comes to them and God, the ultimate authority. Uh, and, And I will, I guess, add that if you're especially if you're a kid in a Christian home of parents that have this understanding, one of the things that's really hard on Christian parents sometimes is the fact that, listen, 
They don't always understand, but the kids don't always understand either. Let me tell you, teenagers don't always understand where we're coming from either. But what we know is that it's important that you learn to, to, uh, uh, to obey authority, to have the proper relationship with authority. Because just because you're, God's given you this sense of independence and this sense, God's the one that's putting that in there. But you've got to, it's got to be harnessed. There must be the right relationship with it. Uh, I, 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 I say this honestly. Uh, and, you know, I hate picking on my kids in, in messages, and now they're wondering which one is it going to be. But it's Evan. Uh, I, I, I kid you not, I compliment Evan on some of this independence of his. I compliment Evan on some of his stubbornness to a certain extent. You know why? Because I, I, I see that. I'm like, cool, man. This is what God's trying to do. This is what God, but you're still here. So I appreciate what I see God doing in your life. Uh, however, you've got to be sure to harness that to have the proper relationship with authority. So, it is a fact that parents don't always get it. Mary and Joseph didn't give it, get it. The problem is, we were all, not just teenagers, we were all born rebellious. Each of us raises the voice of selfishness and rebellion at an early age. Anna, I wonder... Were you ever taught to disobey your parents? Did, 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 did your dad or mom say, okay, honey, here's the way you do it. You stand up and you stomp your foot and you just say, I'm going to do what I want. Did they ever teach you to do that? No. Well, why'd you do it then? <laughs> you did. <laughs> All right, listen. I'll tell you why, and I'm picking on you, darling, uh, even though I'm telling the truth. Uh, we're just, we are born with this rebellion. I mean, it's amazing how stubborn and rebellious kids are. They literally, I'm just talking about the littlest things. They literally will fight you uh, on, I mean, and, and, and you know the age, and, and this is where I'm crossing over maybe a little bit in next week's message, especially if you're talking about small kids. You know the age. By the way, um, let me say this as quick as I can. By the way, when, when our kids were younger, uh, we did not put breakable stuff off tables. No, sir. We taught them not to think and touch it. You say, what if they did touch it? They'd learn real quick. No, don't touch that. They'd start to figure it out. But here's the point you know. When, when they know, and it's, it's a very early age, when they're reaching for it, at first they're just reaching at it, don't, you know, don't know any better. No, honey, don't touch that. Don't touch that. But then you get into this, that. Right then and there, they know. They're going against, it's just in us. It's, it's, just, it's one of the proofs that we were all born sinners. We're all born, every one of us are born with this rebellion. Um, now, one of the things I'll say, a couple of things I'll say here about parents don't always get it. A teen, your challenge as a teenager is seriously, God is the one who is, is, is giving you this sense of becoming an adult. Becoming a man, becoming a woman, and that's exactly what you're doing. But at this point, you're still in your parents' home. 
or you're still under their authority, assuming, uh, presuming. I know maybe not everyone is, but for the most part, you are under, just say you're under your parents' authority. You're still under your parents' roof, or you're under someone's roof with authority. Listen, uh, it, it's, it's important to have the right relationship with that because God's put you in that place because He's trying to teach you something. He's trying to teach you something. You know what it reminded me of with this? It reminded me of just other areas in our life uh, to where we have a desire. I think, I think about the, the, the God-given desire that God has put in a, in a man's heart towards a woman and a woman's heart toward a man. God-given, no apologies, wonderful, hallelujah, thank God for it. It's one of the greatest things ever within the proper confines, absolutely. But the problem is, our sinful nature, right? Because our sinful nature doesn't just automatically think uh, in, terms of, uh, in terms of God's design for marriage and God's design for intimacy. But it reminds me of this because God is the one that puts this in you. So you've got a challenge. You've got a challenge because your parents don't always get it. Um, now here's the thing. Who gave you the parents that you have? Y'all are quiet now. Who, who gave you the parents that you had? God, all right? God gave you those parents. The same God that loves you, the same God that cares about you, the same God that put that desire in you to be an independent man, to be an independent woman, to, to, to grow up to be, you know, to be able to survive as an adult in this world. But see, God also gave you those parents. Now, did God know when he gave you those parents? Kaylin, did God know when he gave you your parents that that was going to be your parents? I think he did. I know he did. And you know what he said, don't you? Obey your parents. Now, Kaylin would never say this. Hopefully nobody in here would. It's possible that someone has. But God, my parents don't get it. And you've said that. They're idiots. They don't get it. They don't understand. They're trying to hold me back. My parents don't get it. I can't get them to understand. Okay. So now what? Do you now have a right to go against your parents? Because they don't get it? Look what Jesus did here. Remember? Did Jesus' parents understand what he was all about? Were they as smart as him? Did they know as much as him? I don't know if you're still there in your Bibles or not, but look what the Bible says there in, uh, again, I've got this all mixed up. Uh, is, it, uh, is it verse 51, and he went down? All right, notice this. The Bible said before that, and they understood not the saying which that he spake unto them, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and listen to this, and was subject unto them, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. No, he didn't. I don't believe he did. But I'll tell you what Jesus did do. He acknowledged something for every one of y'all. He acknowledged a challenge that you all have that, by the way, believe it or not, some of us old folks used to be teenagers too. He acknowledged a problem that we had at one point, and that is this. Yeah, but God, my parents don't get it. My parents don't get it. Jesus was acknowledging, y'all don't get it. They don't understand. The Son of God said, okay, mom and dad, let's go. Let's go. He went with them and was subject unto them. He put himself under dumb old Mary and Joseph's authority. 
And let me tell you something. They were extremely dumb compared to Jesus Christ. But he put himself... Now, who, which of you teenagers, which of you uh, technons are better than Jesus? Amen. None of us are. Not, not, not any of us. Not only the, the, the technons, but any of us uh, uh, parents or adults as well. So, God said something about listening to your parents. And by the way, you want to know something? I, I meant to say this the other week, but when we're talking about being subject, like Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was sub, he could have easily said, he, it, they, not, the Bible acknowledges they don't understand. He could have easily say, you idiots don't get it. I'm the Son of God. I came here for a purpose. I came here for a reason. And I do not need some dumb old carpenter and some peasant woman trying to tell me about my business. I'm the creator. I'm the Son of God. All right? But he didn't. He just said, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I'm back with you. I'm so, what, what, what did you say, Dad? Got it. I'm on it. He went, he, he made himself subject unto them. But here's the thing. Since I'm a parent and I don't always understand, here's what I've told my kids. And I'll say this. As far as on my part, Dan, I'm doing my best. I really am. I, my, I will admit that I don't always understand. I will admit Y'all don't need to call me this, but I can admit that sometimes I might just be a flat-out idiot about something. But here's the thing. One thing I hope my kids can never question is how much I love them. That I love them. And I want to do the right thing. And I'm trying to do the right thing as best as I know how, according to the Word of God. Do I make mistakes? Am I sometimes wrong? Connor shaking his head, no, never. No, I am. But here's what I've told, I, 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 I've, I've told this, and I tell the teenagers this. I might be wrong, but remember, God told you to obey me. So, if I'm wrong, here's what you can do. I, and I mean this with all of my heart. Kids, your parents can be wrong because they don't understand. Go tell Jesus on them. No lie. Go say, God... My mom and dad are trying to get me not to do this. And I, they're not right. They're wrong. Seriously. If I'm wrong, I, talk to God. Because God loves you a lot. He loves you like crazy. He's the one that's giving you these parents. It doesn't mean the parents are always going to do the right thing. But pray to God. And maybe God will change the minds of your parents if you're so right. You can still be right, and maybe he doesn't change their mind. But here's the thing. You don't say, well, I don't understand, and I don't agree with it. Therefore, I'm doing the opposite anyway. I'm not going to obey you because you don't get it. You don't understand. But seriously, go tell God. Go tell the Lord who loves you to change your parents' minds. Go tell Jesus on them. And here's the thing. God knows that you aren't going to be punished if it really was the will of God for you not to wear a coat to school in the morning, if it really was the will of God for you not to wear a coat and your parents made you wear a coat anyway, here's the thing about following God's order. 
Your parents will have to answer for that. Your parents will have to answer for that. I'll have to answer for the way I've raised my kids. Every parent, they're going to give an account. But in the meantime, young people, obey your parents. You say, what if they tell me to do something sinful? You don't do it. But I'm telling you, we had a you know, Christian sitting back there. His mom said, don't want you going to that church anymore. You know what I said? Be subject to your mom. Now, if she said, I want you to go out drinking and partying and doing all kinds of sinful things, well, that's a different thing. But uh, now, now, listen, I, I don't believe there's nothing wrong with, 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 a, with a young person saying, okay, mom, I hear you, but, but can, I, can I ask why? Can I, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a conversation. And by the way, teens, you know, don't, don't do this kind of thing. Why don't you ever treat me like an adult? Oh, gee, I don't know. Uh, stomping and slamming, and I guess that's the way some of, the, some of us adults do act, but, but don't ever do that. You, you can seriously just have a straight-up conversation and say, okay, can I ask why? Can I, you know, I'm open at least to having a conversation. Maybe your parents will be open to having a conversation, but at the end of it, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing. Do you want to please the Lord? Oh, yeah, I want to please the Lord. I'm reading my Bible, and I'm going to church, and I'm, you know, I, I'm working a job, and, I, and I'm, giving, you know, uh, I'm giving money back to the Lord. I'm being faithful in that. Are you obeying your parents? Oh, no, they're idiots. Well, you're not pleasing the Lord. It's pleasing to the Lord to obey your parents. Okay, so, uh, so, so I say the, 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 the challenge. For, I'm not saying this is easy, but again, let me ask this question. I haven't looked at the clock in a while. I bet y'all have. Um, who is it, my goodness, who is it that told you to be faithful to your or not to be faithful? Who is it that told you to obey your parents? Once again, I think I asked that earlier. God, amen. God asked you to be obedient to your parents. Now, if God is the one who requires you to be obedient to your parents, who would it be encouraging you to be disobedient to your parents? The devil, the world, the flesh, your old nature, it's there. But here's the problem. You know what the Bible says in 1 Samuel 15, 23? I believe it's going to, there it is right on the screen. Notice this. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. I could read some of those verses in the New Testament. I almost wish I would have got them just to put things in perspective. I don't want to be all fussy or anything tonight, but it's really interesting when you read about some of the sins of the last days, oh my goodness, people's going to be murderers and they're going to be adulterers and they're going to be idolaters. And, and it goes through these lists and it says, and they're going to be disobedient to parents. We don't think of that in the same sentence, but God does. Now, between God and Satan, which one has your best interest at heart? Amen. Between God and your old nature and your own understanding and what you feel in your heart, who has your best interest at heart? God does. Do you really believe that? If you believe that, you can do like Jesus back in Luke 2, verse 51. The Bible says he went down with them. Oh, I already read that. And, and was subject unto them. Oh, yeah, verse number 2, a teen's chance, and I've got to stop here. Verse 52 of Luke 2 says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. By the way, I believe that's one of the most amazing passages of Scripture ever that we just read there out of Luke 2. 
But uh, I've got to find a place to jump off here um, because I wanted to talk about your opportunities. And I'm just going to skip ahead to talk about just a couple of guys. I'm going to talk about David, a teenager. What did David famously do? Famously killed Goliath, famously became the king of Israel. Does anybody know what exactly it was that got him to the battleground to be able to hear the blasphemy of Goliath? What did you say? Listening to his dad, and I think you said the same thing. And, and it, I like putting them together. He was listening to his dad. His dad said, hey, you're done with that chore for now. I got another chore for you. I want you to go take something to your brothers. How you like that? I want you to go be a blessing to your brother. Can't you just imagine, I don't, Dad, I want to obey you, but I don't want to do nothing for my brother. He was taking cheese. because you, Let me tell you something. You want to know what, Hawker? If you, he, he took cheese down there to him. And, and if you want to be the big cheese, you've got to carry the cheese first. <laughs> but, but, but David was just a teenager. David was just a teenager. Um, but you want to know something else about David? He was just a teenager. 1 Samuel 17, he goes down there. He beats the giant. Verse 16, he's listening to his dad. But before he listens to his dad, the prophet had just come to town. The prophet had just come to their house and passed every one of David's other brothers and came and anointed him to be the king. He might have still felt, uh, smelt the anointing oil on him. When his dad comes and says, well, number one, he had to be obeying his dad because uh, his dad said, okay, King David, out to the field you go to take care of the sheep. And he went and did it. Okay, King David, I got an errand for you. I got you you're going to be my errand boy, and you're going to take your brother some cheese and bread and whatnot. And David said, yes, sir. Have you thought about this? What if David had a thrown a fit, argued with his dad, not done what his You know what he never would have done? He would have never got down to that battlefield. He never would have heard Goliath. He never would have got out there and fought him and defeated him and brought a great victory. See, I understand the challenge of obeying. I really do. But if you can have the proper relationship, un embracing that which God is bringing about in your heart of, of, of becoming a man and becoming a woman, but at the same time balancing and saying, okay, Lord, Thank you for what you're doing in my life, but I'm going to do it in a way that pleases you. And he was able to defeat the giant and do great things. Joseph is another one. Joseph had a dream. God gave Joseph a dream that he saw all of his brothers and his daddy bowing down to him. How about that? But his dad said, Joseph, I got Aaron for you. Now, this Aaron didn't seem like it went out too well because that many got sold as a slave. But then God put Joseph into Potiphar's house. And he became obedient servant in Potiphar's house. Let me tell you something that happens when you learn to be obedient on the job. He worked his way up in the job with a good attitude and hard work. He got falsely accused, thrown in prison for 10 years. But then he came under Pharaoh and did the same thing again. Joseph started out just as a teenager, but God used him literally to save the world, to become the most powerful man in the world. Daniel, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, they were either... Obe they... Uh, 
They were obeying not their parents, but they were obeying authority. And they were also showing how to respectfully stand. How to respectfully stand. Uh, John the Apostle, it's believed that John the Apostle, uh, the beloved John was a teenager when he got saved. Uh, Uzziah was 16 years old when he became the king. Uh, We could go on and on. But the the, the thing I just want to say here real quickly is this. Um, What does a technon, what does a teen need to do in order to grow? Number one, control the sense of pride and ego that makes you want to have it your way. You've got to every day say, okay, Lord, it's not my way, it's your way. And if your way and my way line up, great. So every day, get to a place where you die to that pride and ego. Um, How about this? Another thing you need to do is obey God and His Word in all things. Spend time in the Word of God. Grow in the Word of God. Walk daily in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Renew your mind to be in tune with God's Word. Romans 12.1, the renewing of your mind. Let God's Word change your heart and mind. Bring your body and your desires under control. Do you not know your body's a temple of the Holy Ghost of God? Um, you know, the temptation uh, in, 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 in the teens, because not, not only are you independently becoming a man or a woman but man also as you uh the 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 temptations can increase so much and it's so easy to justify fornication or or things of that nature especially in this day and age where you know sometimes you're taught in sex ed or health uh that basically fornication is acceptable and there's different forms of uh, fornication that are acceptable in the sight of, uh, of man. But that may be true in the sight of man, but it's not in the sight of God. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost of God. It's not a brothel, you know. Uh, that's not what it is. It's a temple of the Holy Ghost of God. Uh, find good, godly, biblical, correct teachers, good friends uh, in discipleship fellowship man you're here on a wednesday night be around god's people fellowshipping with god's people uh and god wants you man i'm telling you let's stand together god has great great things for every teen here tonight every young person here tonight and i want to challenge you in this thing of of loving obedience loving obedience being respectful honoring loving I couldn't say everything there was to be said tonight, even though it may seem like I did. But